On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, why we love the Rams, why DK loves to hate on the Seahawks, and Craig says why Dalvin won't cook this week. Also, DK says Troy Main Pope will be elite, even though he forgot about Troy Main Pope like two days ago. We also give our million-dollar lineup of the week, and we examine a fantasy league where punters are the highest-scoring players. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Let's do it. All right, this is from Peter. Every Granny Smith apple originated from the tree of an Australian woman named Maria Ann Smith, a.k.a. Granny Smith. Oh, wow. So it's like a biologically custom, it's a custom thing. It's a custom apple. No, it's not custom. It's just, first of all, this was one of those that I instantly was like, that's not true. And then I like researched it. I was like, holy <laughs> crap, this is true. She just found a green apple in her. She just threw crab apples in her backyard and just found this apple tree. She was like, oh my God, this is nuts. And then they were like, okay, these are great. And then it just spread. Uh, granny oh, apples wow. weren't really a thing until like the 1970s in America, apparently. So she's just like a, a marketing genius? I, I, don't, well, I don't think she profited off it. Someone else is the marketing genius. No, the marketing genius is the person who's like delicious red or whatever, which sounds better than other ones. <laughs> but anyway, do, do you guys like apples? Because DK's got some numbers. How about them apples? Oh, I was wondering if you were going to say that. Um yeah, I wanted to open up this episode with a little just chat about how crazy this year, uh, this year's NFL uh, scoring boom has been. Like basically, you know, the NFL in terms of scoring and points and yards and everything is unprecedented. I wrote an, a column about this on the ringer.com, so I'm going to I'm going to throw some numbers at you guys. Are you guys ready for that? We'll see if I can catch. Through 9 weeks, NFL teams are on track to score 12,967 total points, which will be a record by almost a thousand points. And so to give you some context on like how big of a difference that is, the difference between first and second, so like 980 points, is approximately the same between the second highest and 14th highest seasons in the NFL history. Teams are averaging 25.3 points per game, which is two almost two points higher than the second most prolific scoring season ever, which was 2013 when they averaged 23.4 points per game. That 1.9 point margin between first and second spots is equal to the gap between the second and 31st ranked scoring seasons by by points per game per team. So what we're seeing this year is pretty unprecedented. And obviously it's been awesome for fantasy football. 
And I guess this is the same thing we've been asking all season, but I, I'm really wondering if this is going to be like a long-term thing or it's just like a one-year uh, blip on the radar. Or what, do you, what are you guys thinking? Is this here to stay? I'm going to, well, why is this happening? There's a lot of reasons. I think the main reasons are the officiating. They're not calling offensive holding. Um, that's been huge for offenses, clearly. And then they're also calling quite a bit more defensive pass interference, it feels like. So both of those are advantageous to the offense. Um, the other thing that's interesting, I think, is the home field advantage has evaporated this year. In a large part, obviously, because there's no players, or there's no uh, fans in the stands, but it, that, you know, in turn just makes it more of like a level playing field for both teams. You can communicate. You know, there's not a bunch of noise on third down, things like that. So um, I think those are the two main reasons. Do you think just like the fact that people are going for it on fourth down more, people are starting to go for two after a touchdown more is just, you know, causing the scores yep. to go up more and more? Yeah. In fact, Nora Princiati wrote a really interesting article this week about how punters are basically bored as hell this year because like punting is down like 18%. The league is on pace to have the fewest punts of any season. A lot of it has to do with, you know, clearly just offenses are producing at record pace this year, but also... Teams are going for it on fourth down more often. And teams, I, I think I saw this on CBS, teams are converting on third down at a higher rate this year than ever before. So it's like all these variables that are in, you know, in favor of offenses. And it's not just passing, by the way, either. Teams are running the ball really well. 116 yards per game this year through nine weeks, which would be the second highest total in the in the two, uh, in the twenty like the two thousands in this century, so obviously in the old days NFL used to be way more run heavy, but teams are having a lot of success running the ball. They're at, they're averaging one point oh three rushing touchdowns per game this year, which is the best mark since nineteen seventy nine. Wow, DK, I have a question for you. You may not know this; it might be too a, too kind of deep of a stat. Do you know if on is it like all of the teams in the league are kind of scoring more or is it just the top third of teams are scoring so much that it's kind of compensating for the rest of the league? I don't think, I, I don't have the exact answer on that, but I, I lean towards the latter where it's just like, or, or the former, I should say, where everybody's just kind of scoring. Because I'm trying to like work this into fantasy and like, are there, is, does this just mean there are certain teams out there that we should be targeting more where like, you maybe start the fourth wide receiver on the Cardinals or the Seahawks or the Packers this year just because they're scoring so much or if it's just everyone's scoring more and there's not a ton of like actionable fantasy advice just because scores are higher. I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's a ton of actionable fantasy advice other than like start Russell Wilson's receivers because he's on pace to set the NFL record for uh, touchdowns in a season. He's on pace for 56 this year. But I do think just overall, there's more fantasy, you know, there's more fantasy applicable people in, in the league right now. Like, they're spreading it out. Um, I want to say, I saw that uh, Stefan Diggs right now, he has 813 receiving yards. And you'd think in a season where the NFL's on pace to set you know, records and yards and and receiving touchdowns, all that stuff. Stefan Diggs is leading the league with 813 yards right now, which is only 61st all time through nine weeks. And Tyreek Hill's nine receiving touchdowns right now is only 16th. So what that tells me, you know, this is just like not non-scientific. But they're spreading just, the ball around. Yeah, it just feels to me like more people, more players are getting involved in this instead of having like, you know, 
one guy on a team is just going absolutely bonkers. Um, other than Russell Wilson, it's 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 just like everybody's kind of like the rising tide raises all ships kind of deal. It does feel like anyone can blow up on any week. Like I don't know how your guys' fantasy leagues are going, but there's a lot of parity in ours. Like everything is pretty even in my two leagues. Yeah. You know, like yeah, there's I've a lot of like too. teams that are five and four or like four and four and stuff like that. And it feels like at any given week you can lose to anybody. Well, this is the Incredibles, Absolutely. right? When everyone's super nobody is, and then it actually makes the people who are super powerful more valuable so like when everybody's catching touchdowns and anyone can get a touchdown in a given week makes Devonta adams more valuable it makes mccaffrey when he's healthy or dalvin cook more valuable because those guys are tier above everyone and the guys below them who are usually like solid second tier there's not as big of a difference between the second and the third fourth tier third and fourth tier but the gap between the absolute elites the one percent if you will is just bigger than ever but it's so I don't know. I mean, it, it, this is weird. So, it, my mind just goes to streaming. Is it easier to stream this year? Like from tight end position so. to receivers? Because I, I don't know. It's been a strange year. I mean, it's, it's certainly been a bad year to stream defenses because defense is bad. It feels <laughs> yeah. easier to grab a receiver off the waiver wire than it does a running back this year. Yeah, I agree. There's more There's more receivers that I'd be like, oh, I could start him. Like if you go on the waiver wire in the ringer league right now, there's like five guys that I could easily pick up. But I'm just like, my team's already like... I, it's like I already have a lot of good receivers. I don't need another good receiver. That's like Craig being like, I have too many friends. I don't need more friends. And you're like, I'm, I have so many good players. I don't need any good players. I have I'm so, so many friends. Players. I mean, shit. I, my team is just too good. I can't pick these guys up is, is my point. But um, yeah, I definitely, I feel like that's, you know, that's kind of like the story of the season is, is just incredible scoring. And I'm trying to enjoy it now because I'm not 100% sure the NFL is not just going to go back and like, you know, Two points per team more per game is so a you're lot. saying that the entire NFL is due for regression. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> the so it depends league. on what the NFL does, or is the NFL Aaron Jones and it'll just is do it, it year after year? It really depends on what they decide to do with this officiating. I think, like, if they go back to calling ticky tack holding calls, which are drive killers, right? They that are. is going to be a big deal, and that is going to change the whole complexion of the league. And I think that's like what's happening this year because I remember. Before the season, I was like, man, we're going to have some ugly football. There's no practice. There's no preseason. You know, you got new quarterbacks coming in. You got guys having to, like, gel on the offensive line together. And then week one, it was just like, dude, offenses took off. And Well, because the NFL was like, it's going to be ugly football. Let's not call any penalties. And we're like, great. Right, exactly. Who wants exactly. penalties? And it's gone so far in the other direction. It's like, this is probably one of the most fun NFL seasons I can remember. And I don't know if it's just because of like all the young quarterbacks. There's like, it's pretty much every game besides like whoever the Jets are playing. The game is like kind of watchable because it's like one of the two yeah. quarterbacks is pretty fun. And I think the NFL wants that. My question is like, is there going to be pushback and, and from like teams and stuff, you know, about calling more penalties and things like that? I don't know. Yeah, um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, so I thought that was kind of like a, a big picture thing that was very fascinating. We did we did a bunch of stuff at the Ringer this week, um, kind of like mid-season, look back, look forward type stuff. And so that was what I was working on. I just thought that was fascinating. I couldn't believe... I couldn't believe how big of a difference. Like, if you look at the graph of points per great points per game this year compared to like the average over the last fifty years, it's insane. So, wow. All right, well, Mister Smarty Pants studied every touchdown in the NFL over the last thirty years. Who's going to score a touchdown this week? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can look back. Great yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> are we Are we getting into our gut gut bolts? Yeah, here? gut this, calls. It- Give me all these numbers. Give me some like some thing that you just intuit. Well, let's just start with the Seahawks because I think the Seahawks defense, uh, the Seahawks in general, 
and this is what I wrote, are a perfect microcosm for this season, like elite offense, just atrocious defense. Um, so I'm saying Jared Goff looks like a great streamer this week against the Seahawks at quarterback. The Seahawks defense has given up, you know, more. This is a crazy stat. The Seahawks defense through eight games has given up more receiving, uh, more passing yards than any other team has through nine games. And the Seahawks have only played eight games. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that gives you an idea That's of like how terrible. They crazy. Are. And I saw this stat per per fantasy points. The top three highest scoring quarterbacks in fantasy this year are Kyler Murray, number one, Russell Wilson, number two, and the and the quarterback that plays the Seahawks is number three. No way! Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! So I don't know. This maybe maybe this is just too obvious, but well, wait. So the quarterback playing the Seahawks is averaging then what, like three hundred and sixty yards per game. Something yeah, like, like twenty six fantasy. Wouldn't that be like the most ever? Isn't that like more than like Peyton Manning in twenty thirteen or Breeze? <laughs> like, isn't that isn't that like almost the record? <laughs> like, I do think I saw that on Twitter actually. Yeah, oh my like God. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had the all time record or whatever passing yards. He averaged X amount. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but yes, the Seahawks, the, the quarterback playing the Seahawks is on pace to out to outpass that Peyton Manning. Yeah, apologies. Someone tweeted that apologies. I don't remember who threw that out in the world, but that's that's absolutely nuts. So, so what's your number on Jared Goff, DK? So for Goff this week, I'm going to go with 22 points. And that would be pretty high for him. I think, let's see, looking at his previous highs, his highs this year are 28. So maybe, okay, let's do 25 actually for, for Ooh, shits and right. Wow. Um, 25, which is pretty damn high for him. Goff has been a little bit disappointing to me this year, actually. I, I had a lot of high hopes for him coming into the season, but the Rams just did a lot. They do a lot of running on first and second down. That's just like who they want to be. Goff has been pretty bad in some cases, but against the Seahawks, I mean, shit, we saw what the Bills did last week against the Seahawks where they ran like 27 times to one rush. Or they no, passed like 27 times. times. Yeah, they, it was like crazy splits in the first half. They just passed the whole game and it worked really well. So maybe we'll see the Rams do that this year or this week. But overall, I just think Goff has a chance to have a really good game against the Seahawks because the Seahawks defense just sucks so much. It's like this is an auto start for anybody. Yeah, that leads right into my gut. I mean, my gut was just, I think the Rams are going to have two top 20 receivers this week. Honestly, that might be kind of conservative. I, I, to everything you said about why Goff is going to succeed, by nature, his receivers are going to succeed. We don't have to belabor the point. I did want to just note, Mike Clay wrote for ESPN this week that two Seahawks cornerbacks, Quentin Dunbar and Shaq Griffin, are both in the top 10 in fantasy points allowed in coverage, even though they've both missed two games and the Seahawks <laughs> have had their bye. So they're basically three games behind every other cornerback or safety, and they're top both top ten, which is nuts. So great, you know, great. if you're, I mean, Robert Woods, if you have him, you're obviously playing against the Seahawks. I think Cooper Cup, he had a big game last week, hadn't really done much for the previous month. You're playing Cooper Cup. The Seahawks are maybe the worst coverage team in the league against the slot. And honestly, if you need a streamer, Josh Reynolds, you could do a lot worse than Josh Reynolds. I think the the Rams are just you want the Rams all play all the Rams receivers. Don't worry about your start sick questions. Play them. And I think if you need a streamer, Josh, you could do worse than Joshy, Josh Reynolds. So, by the way, I found the tweet that we were talking about before, Brett Coleman, and he said in Peyton Manning's 2013 season, he averaged 342 yards per game. The Seahawks are giving up 362 yards per game passing. So it's by a lot. <laughs> you know what's weird about Seattle is that obviously they're terrible against the pass. Uh, they're PFF's number one graded running defense. Really? Wow. So maybe don't start any Rams running backs this week. I think I actually think that's yeah. true. I think it's interesting because Sean McVay was asked about the the Bills 
game plan, as you mentioned, DK, where the Bills had a historic first half game plan where they basically came out and just threw the ball and didn't run. And McVay was like, we're best when we're balanced. I don't believe McVay. I don't think he's really going to give out any information. But I think that is almost kind of like an IQ test in a way of like the Bills came out. We're like, oh, you're historically bad at one of the two things we can do. Let's do that over and over. And if the Rams come out and really do try to have this balanced attack and it doesn't work, going to be really hard to not blame McVay. So on the other, like you play Daryl Henderson, but I wouldn't play Cam Akers. I wouldn't play Malcolm Brown, obviously. And then I don't know. I'm just I, I'm hesitant about the Rams running game. One other thing that we're not even talking about, like if the Seahawks get ahead early, the Rams might not have any choice but to pass. I mean, the Seahawks offense is still really good. Too. Remember that Bucks yeah. game last year where Jared Goff threw like 50 passes because they were down like 20 points immediately. I feel like that could happen here. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, Craig, you got a gut call for the week? Yeah, I think Tyler Boyd is going to have a big week. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say seven-plus catches for Tyler Boyd. So, okay. obviously, they're playing the Steelers, right? And Steelers, on the surface, have this great defense. Steelers, for years, actually, including this year, not good against the slot. They've never been good against slot receivers, which is where Tyler Boyd plays. This year, Pittsburgh's only behind Cleveland in percentage of throws given up to the slot, a.k.a. quarterbacks just pepper it. And hmm. Burrow has already been kind of peppering Boyd a lot this year, and I I think it's going to continue even though they're playing Pittsburgh this year. Also, the Steelers quietly give up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers this game. I really like the Bengals in the spot. I think this is going to be a letdown game for Pitt. Ben's got like one total working knee. If you combine two knees together, it's probably equals (laughs) one healthy knee for Ben. And uh, I think the Bengals cover this game maybe win. Yeah. I think so. this is what Bill Simmons would call a reverse jinx. You're trying to reverse jinx the Steelers into winning this game. To be game. quite honest, I don't want the Steelers to go 16 0. Like, I'm fine <laughs> with a couple losses. <laughs> so, yeah, Get I love the that. fuck out of here. I don't. <laughs> if they go 16 0, they're not winning. Go the to Super hell. My team is. I don't losses. even want them to. I don't even want them to win every game. <laughs> You don't. You don't want them uh, to. I mean, the Giants. Yeah, the Giants proved that against the Patriots. That's how. I, that's how I feel about some of my fantasy teams. You got to get like you have to go through some, you know, adversity. adversity. But would you? It's true. But would you guys play <laughs> Joe Burrow this week against the Steelers? Because maybe Boyd is a good game. And I actually didn't know that stuff about the Steelers in the slot. That's interesting. But at the same time, Joe Burrow is running for his life on like every play. The Steelers are still the Steelers, even if they were really embarrassing against the, the Cowboys. Would you guys be hesitant about playing Joe Burrow this week if you have Burrow? Not really. I mean, I do think the Steelers' defense is very good, but I think uh, Burrow's just going to get enough volume and enough pass attempts and and probably going to be playing from behind, have to do a little bit of hero ball. And I kind of, he's one of those guys where like I trust him in garbage time. Some some players just wilt. 
Wait, what know? did he say this week that was notable? Didn't he say say he like he doesn't like scary movies and we don't like yeah, scary yeah. movies? He's afraid of House. We were having this discussion in the Slack. Is he afraid of the show House? I love the show House. <laughs> I was obsessed with House when with I was Hugh young. And House yes. MD. And apparently Joe Burrow was too afraid to watch it when he was a kid, and now he's watching, he's binging it now. First of all, I get that because like a lot of blooded house, a lot of words I'd never heard of, like random things, like a lot of lupus <laughs> and sarcoidosis and things you don't want to Wikipedia when you're 10. But I have to say, I've been thinking about getting in a house on my own. He doesn't like scary movies. I, I feel like I'm me and Joe Burrow have a lot in common. I can't believe he's watching House. There are so many television shows. <laughs> House? Well, Emmanuel Sanders was in quarantine for, for COVID, and he was like, he watched the entirety of Schitt's Creek, which is That's like a That's relevant, lot. though. That show just won like every Emmy. Nobody watched the whole show in like a week. It was like a lot of sh Someone did like the, the numbers breakdown, like DK for scoring, but Emmanuel Sanders for Schitt's Creek, and they're like, that's like 12 hours a day. Just don't get the house thing. Like, hey, like CBS's house, is house on 2004 to 2011. Like, let's let's fire that up. House is an amazing. <laughs> house is an underrated. He's extremely love house. Okay, everyone, everyone knows. Okay, who's up here? DK. Yeah, DK. Give us another gut call. House, all gut calls. The whole show is just house's gut calls. Oh my god, um, I'm going with the Dallas Goddard breakout game. Mm. It's not really a breakout game since he's been around for a while, but. Uh, the breakthrough game, I guess we'll call it, against the Giants this week. Um, he was a dud kind of coming off of his injury in week eight prior to the bye, just one catch for 15 yards. However, he did run quite a few routes. I think I saw he ran a route on like 85% of Wentz's drop back. So he's, he's you know, getting out there in routes. He's, he's making himself available or whatever. He just It just didn't work out for whatever reason in this last game. But I do think it's coming. I think his production's coming. He has a good connection, good chemistry with Wentz. Um, the this is great, Eagles. DK. I have a question for you that pertains exactly to me. This relates perfectly to your gut call. <laughs> <laughs> Should I start Dallas Goddard over Mark Andrews? Oh, that's a wow. good one. I think I would. I think I would. Heifetz says no. Mark Andrews is playing New England. And I didn't say Dallas no. Goddard I said wow. Oh. I mean, dude, it's come to that. It's it, This is Mark Andrews, very good player and has that like upside to catch like two touchdowns, but he could also just give you a complete goose egg. Doesn't Goddard have that upside too? I, I think so, yeah. Interesting. Damn, am I about to do this? Oof. I don't know. I don't even think it's that crazy to think think about. Well, we're talking about Mark Andrews. That's actually my other gut, is that Mark, I think this is the week to play like J.K. Dobbins and throw a, I mean, we don't, I mean, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. I don't know if Mark Ingram's going to play. I kind of doubt it, but even if he does, I'm not, I feel like Dobbins is going to be the leading guy. I think wow. this Ravens-Patriots game is going to be a rushing bonanza. Like, they're going to run all over the Patriots. Obviously, last year, funnily enough, the Patriots were coming off that law, uh, the Jets game against the, like, there was the Darnold scene ghost game, right? And then they went right into that Ravens game. Oh, yeah. And then they got rocked. Now the Patriots are once again coming off like the Mon the Monday Night Football Jets game, but it's like <laughs> it's like the most pathetic defense. Like it, they couldn't be further from last year's defense. I mean, this Patriots defense is soft. Like there's no other way to say it. Like the front seven can't. Mm. It's, they're not physical. They can't set the edge. They can't really do anything. I think that that Niners game we saw like a month ago, where the Niners ran for like almost 200 yards. I think we're going to see a repeat of that with the Ravens, but maybe more. If not more dominant, more yardage. And I think J.K. Dobbins is the guy, but I'm, I don't know about Mark Andrews doing the work for the Ravens in this game. DK, what's your prediction for Dallas Goddard? I'm going to say 70 yards and a touchdown. By the way, Heifetz, New England is 31st in defensive DVOA this year. 
<laughs> well, How did that like thirty second when they like won the made the Super Bowl the other year. But yeah, no, Craig. I think Craig put me down for. I think J.K. Dobbins top twenty running back. You should start J.K. Dobbins. I think he's gonna have a good game. I certainly hope so. <laughs> All right, uh, you have another gut call. That was your gut dilemma. That was my gut dilemma. Yeah, thank you for... So I'm going to start Dallas Goddard over Mark Andrews, so we'll see how I think, that goes. I actually think you should, yeah. Um, all right. So my second gut prediction for this week actually has to pertain to the Eagles. I think Jalen Rager adds his name to the impressive rookie wideouts after this game. Um, nice. I think there's a... Basically, it all comes down to who... The, so the Giants' best cornerback, Bradbury, has been really good this year, and if he ends up taking Travis Fulgham... This could be the Jalen Rager game. Alshon Jeffrey, the ghost, who I, we don't even know if he's a real football player. He is a, uh, might come back. I don't buy that. I don't care about that. He's like made a glass at this point. Rager was pretty good uh, last week. He had like, um, I think he led the team in targets or was second on the team in targets, scored a touchdown, didn't have a million yards, but completely passes the eye test. And I think this is going to be a big week for does him. Does he pass the eye test or does he pass yes. the name test because he has a great name? Both. I mean, you're definitely <laughs> right. His name was like Travis Richard. Fulgham. If his name was Travis, <laughs> you're right. If his name was Travis Fulgham, it'd be different. I still don't think Travis Fulgham is good because of his name. If <laughs> Travis Fulgham was named Jalen Rager, you know what we'd oh be God. doing? That's like the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert thing. A hundred percent. Fulgham would be like the coolest player in the league if his name was Jalen Rager. Now no one gives a shit about him. <laughs> we'd be like Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager. Amazing seasons from the rookies. But yeah, uh, this is Rager's week for me. I'm going to say he has uh, 75 yards. I'm just going to say more than 75 yards. Okay. I like that. While we're going with receivers, it's bold time, right? Yeah. This is just random. I just think Jarvis Landry is his best game of the year. Like, I just, I just, you know feel what? Like, that like, was written as one of my backup guts. Oh, really? I just, I just think he does. <laughs> like, they're coming off the bye. He's had a rib injury, which, like, suck. And I think that rib injuries are one of the few injuries that I feel like coming off a bye matters. Obviously, Odell's not get like, on you know playing anymore and i think that the browns are targeting more to jarvis since then obviously richard higgins too but i think jarvis is in the slot they're playing the texans texans kind of suck against the slot bradley roby's their best cornerback in houston he's not going to go into the slot with jarvis landry i don't know he hasn't scored a touchdown this season i mean he's thrown a touchdown but he hasn't caught one i think he gets his first touchdown of the year and i think he has his best game of the year i mean he hasn't i mean this isn't that bold because yeah i mean he hasn't gotten more than like 88 yards but i think that it's his best game of the season, fantasy-wise, by a while, by a lot. And I think he gets his first touchdown. So I would start Jarvis Landry. I like it. DK, what's your bowl for this week? So I'm kind of, I feel like I'm going out on a limb here a little bit, but I'm saying a, another big Troy Main Pope game against Miami for the Chargers. <laughs> okay, wow. This is the bolder than mine. <laughs> the, here's, uh, so how do you spell bolder. his name? T-R-O. You forgot about him on the last episode we did. You forgot he existed on the last one we did. Now I remember. Here's the deal. So this is bold. This is very this is, bold. Yeah, I'm I'm saying this is, this is bold. I try, I wanted you're to, in this platoon like you ne you never know how to do these like really unclear backfields where it's like four guys could potentially be the bell cow, be the starter or whatever in any given game. And for whatever reason, I'm just feeling good about Pope coming back. So, um, Chargers offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. How do you say his How do you say his last name? Steichen. Steichen. I don't know enough to correct you, so sure. <laughs> I don't know either. Whatever you Steichen. want. I feel like it's Craig, Steichen. Craig, it's called you Shane. You're the backup quarterback on his team, man. How do you not know the offense? He just calls him name? coach. He never talks to me because I'm <laughs> <laughs> so deep on the depth chart. True. Um, anyway, so he said 
He said this week that uh, he's basically going to go with a hot hand approach. He said you kind of go with it, go with the flow of the game and see how it's rolling. You see how guys are playing. Um, It's looking like Justin Jackson is going to be out with a knee injury. Joshua Kelly has been kind of like up and down. You know, I don't know if they really trust him quite yet. Um, And then Kalen Balaj is Kalen Balaj. Obviously, we talked about him last week um, or earlier this week about a potential ad, but I'm just going to go with Pope because he looked so good um, two weeks ago when he came in. Before he got injured, he got a concussion. Now he's out of the concussion protocol. Um, He's got that veteran experience. I just feel like, you know, with Anthony Lynn being like a a former running backs backs coach, he's going to go with the guy that he trusts the most. And going with Tremaine Pope, he had 10 rushes for 67 yards plus five catches for 28 yards in uh, two games ago. Before he got hurt, I'm going with 12 points and half PBR. So trust the Pope. <laughs> the other reason is like I actually think Pope is good. Like he's a good runner. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I feel like I should just take my Jarvis Landry thing and like shove it somewhere because I didn't. I'm not as salty. As you. This one's salty. Yeah, you're in the saltiest platoon. There's Those no are in. That's in a class of its own. Wow. Yeah. That's like you get yeah, that's equity. <laughs> you get like the second lounge, the second floor lounge for the saltiest platoon. Craig, you had a bold prediction. Dalvin Cook, not a top 15 running back this week. Okay, oh. that's Salty Spittoon. Okay, I'm intrigued. You have, my, you have my attention. Dalvin Cook is playing the Bears this week in Chicago. This We're getting as close as possible to, like, if Chicago loses, they're done. Like, they're really spiraling. Like, they need to win this game. And they need to shell out and stop the best player on the Vikings, which is Dalvin Cook. The last three games that Dalvin Cook has played the Bears, he's averaged 46 total yards a game. His last three games against the Bears, he's had 34 rushes for 86 yards. That's 2.5 yards per carry. The Bears know how to stop Dalvin Cook. I feel like the Bears is your friend. Like, I I think you're right that they're spiraling. This is it, man. Like, w- <laughs> the Bears are the, are the worst winning record team of all time, probably. And <laughs> they've lost, I think, three straight. And if they need, if they have any hope of making the playoffs, like, they need to beat this divisional team. It's too bad this game's on Monday Night Football because it would be, a, be the perfect thing on Sunday to, like, not watch instead of the Masters. I know. But now it's instead it's in prime time, and I'm going to have to make up some reason to, like, not watch it. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. Like yeah, the Bears, such a good non-watch. The Bears and Giants. The Bears have like taken the Giants' place as the team that's on primetime way too much. Totally, it's just awful. Okay, and the Patriots this year. Oh God! Every time I see that, I'm like, <laughs> so God damn bad. it! It's like when the Pelicans had all those primetime games, and then like Zion got hurt, and we're just like, why are we watching the Pelicans <laughs> <laughs> Sunday afternoon? Anyway, is that is that all abodes? Oh my God! I can't speak English. Is that all of our bolts? That's like saying the toy boat thing. You kind of had a toy boat situation there. You can't <laughs> say that three times in a row. You got all tongue twisted. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's been a long year, man. Okay. Yeah. We can all be forgiving. All right. So uh, which of those do you guys like the best? You can't pick your own. I, I'm just in awe of DK picking Troy Main Pope. I know. <laughs> like, just, that's just absolutely stunning. I don't know. What do I like? I like Dallas Goddard. I'm, I'm willing that one into existence. <laughs> yeah, you're, just hope, you're just hopeful for Dallas Goddard. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that was exciting. And you can add a little excitement to your sports watching experience by betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook this football season. There is a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlays and exclusive always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. 
And if you win, they even get you your winning safely in as little as 24 hours. Right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back if you don't win your first bet. Seriously, there's no strings attached. Just place any bet you want. And if you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. We love FanDuel Sportsbook for football games, NFL games. It's just, it's fun. The same game parlays are really cool. It's, I mean, parlays are fun. Props are fun. It's ridiculous to be able to combine them into a game. I mean, so much of fantasy football comes down to game script, and it's fun to be able to, like, thread not just, okay, like, this team's going to throw touchdowns in the first half, so there's going to be running in the second. And it's just fun to be able to not just have a specific thought on a thing, but how a game's going to go. And that's Monday Night Football. You can do it Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night, whenever's on. You can do it. And also, obviously, on your local team. So if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook before, what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with the promo code RINGERFANTASY. That is RINGERFANTASY so they know that we sent you. And again, that's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code RINGERFANTASY. Disclaimer, must be 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Iowa, or Tennessee. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right, let's just quickly recap last week's gut calls. DK, how's the jurors do? You had Jerry Judy. You guys were both on the Jerry Judy train. Congratulations. Yeah. Choo-choo. I was happy. I was happy to see Judy have his big day. He had 22 points and half PPR, which clearly beat my 15-point prediction. 14. He had 14 targets. 14 targets, 7 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, my other gut prediction, Marquise Brown, squeaky wheel game, did not happen. Now he's in the book. Get him out of here. We're done. Bakersfield Brown now. Bakersfield, Bakersfield Brown. Brown. And then my bold prediction was that Jordan, uh, Jordan Howard would have a big game. 12 points was the prediction. I was wrong. He did score a TD, however, and kind of salvaged that. Had 7.9 points and half PBR. So technically wrong, but at least he salvaged it with a touchdown. I just want to shout out everyone who voted in the poll for Marquise Brown and Bakersfield overwhelmingly won. So thank you for voting. Yeah. The democratic <laughs> process is sacred. I'm glad we all took care of that. Craig, you you also had Johnny Judy. Jerry Judy. Yes. Oh my goodness. Jerry Judy. Johnny. Johnny Judy. I'm losing it. Um, yes. <laughs> I also had Judge Judy for over. I had <laughs> for the most receiving yards of, of his young career, which it was correct. And then I kind of like sprinkled in like Noah Fant would have a good game too, which he only had forty five yards, but he got, he hurt, got hurt in the middle of the game, came back. Uh, my second prediction was that Jonathan Taylor would have less than seven points. I was very close. He had eight. Um, he still played like crap, so I still count <laughs> that as a win. Actually, you were right. And uh, and my bold was that Mike Asiki would have a double digit uh, half PPR game. He did not. He had five point seven. He had the fourth most points of the season. You know, kind of a kind of a normal game, slightly above average. But I still think it's there, especially with Preston Williams now on IR for Miami. I think Asiki could still be salvageable. Oh, dude, Preston going on IR was very upsetting to me. We love Preston Williams. My my thing from last week, I said Juju would has, have his best game since week one. That hit. He had almost 100 yards and a touchdown. I said Will Fuller would have the revenge game because they were going to trade him. So I said 20 half PPR fantasy points. 
Almost. He had 100 yards and a touchdown. So he had 18 and a half, not 20. Almost. And then Matt Stafford, I said he'd have a good game. Well, not only did he have a concussion, end up in concussion protocol. Before that, he was playing terribly. So I'm not even going to blame the injury. He just really was awful. Turns out practice matters. So, but overall, I think we did all right. Yeah. yeah. Million dollar lineup time. Yeah. Uh, let's do all that. All right. FanDuel, people know the drill. If you don't, FanDuel DFS lineup. We're going for a million dollars. We're going out there. We're going to beat like 700,000 entries. So it's going to be a little weird because we're trying to win a million dollars a week here. The year I turned 26 as the head of my own brokerage firm, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. Did we win a million dollars last week? No. Uh, okay. It actually was our worst lineup of the year <laughs> because we weren't even a little bit close, like not even remote, <laughs> not even like not even close to close. I once had a, a friend who was like trying to like go in the Grand Canyon and like there's little like like donkey rides you can take down, but there's a weight mm-hmm. limit. And my friend was like, can I go? And she was like, no. And he's like, is he close? And he's like, no, he's not even close to close. And that <laughs> and that's how I think of our DFS lineup this week. Just not close to close because we didn't have. Dalton so who burned Cook. us? We didn't have. We didn't have McCaffrey. But this week, we don't need to be close. We're going to hold it. Like John Rom, we're going to skip it along the water and we're going to hold it. Why don't we have DK read through our lineup this week? Because we're feeling good about it. <laughs> All right. So here's our lineup for this week. I'm feeling really good about it. Josh Allen at quarterback, uh, going up against the Cardinals. Antonio Gibson against the Lions at running back. Aaron Jones at the other running back spot. Bobby Trees, Will Fuller, and Jarvis Landry are our three receivers. Austin Hooper at tight end going up against Houston. And then Christian Kirk, who has just been on fire lately, going up against Buffalo. At defense, we got Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles, going up against Danny Dimes and the Giants. I like that matchup a lot. So that's our lineup. Can we note that Craig tried to weasel out of us picking Austin Hooper at the last second? I was like, guys, we could do Tyler Higby. We want. <laughs> we were like, no. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I not. think it makes sense. It makes sense. Odell's out. He's been getting more involved. I feel like it. no one's going to put him in their lineup because he had an appendectomy. He's been gone for a while. People think he's hurt. I love grabbing guys off of bye weeks or off mm. of like a, an illness or something like that because everybody assumes that they're not going to play and they haven't been. Is good. that what you're going to tell him at your high school reunion? Like, hey, Austin, don't got your you miss your you miss your appendix, dude. Uh, he didn't go to my high school, Danny. He went to my middle school. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tough. He didn't go to Cal High. He went to De La Salle. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. All right, should we do fantasy court? All rise. All right, so there's some preliminary rulings we have to issue here. There is the a terminology language that the court must settle, which is the wide receiver phenomenon that Craig has identified. It's been very popular with people. We've gotten a lot of feedback about this, about what to call mm. receivers who outdo their projections. We decided that wide deceivers has a negative connotation. We got a lot of feedback here. Someone said in wide exceeder, we've gotten wide achievers. <laughs> so, uh-huh. JC said in wide outs, like wide out. Oh, I like oh, that. Wide outs is really amazing. <laughs> but multiple people, Nicholas, Cam, Patrick sent in basically just call him John Wick. And then Patrick <laughs> no, sent in an elaborate email saying we should call him the Baba Yagas or whatever they call it, the John Wick nickname, which is like the boogeyman, but like in the John Wick world where they're like Baba Yaga. But here's the thing. I actually was thinking of, you know, the Rick and Morty episode, Pickle Rick, where they make fun of John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they call Pickle Rick, Lasalania. 
I, I, I kind of was thinking about Selenia. I think Wideouts wide is just right out the gate. That's the best pun. Good for whoever <laughs> thought of that. Great job. Wideouts is from yeah. uh, JC. Shout out JC for Wideouts. Good job, JC. Maybe we go with Wideout. I like that. All right. I, I, I love Selenia, but I think I'm outnumbered here. Heifetz, to be clear, that that is for the guys that you see that are in your opposing team's lineup, and you're like, ah, oh, guys. Well, that's when it. you're like projected to like win, and you're like up five points. Yeah, and it's like DK Metcalf, at fourteen points. You're like, that's not gonna Shit. fucking yeah, happen. Exactly. He's gonna have twenty three, eighteen. You're like, well, he's gonna get thirty. Like, so yeah. I'm gonna lose. Like, that's okay. Uh, we do have so fantasy court though. We have we have a special case here. DK, do you want to explain to us what we're what we're reviewing here? Actually, it's not really a fantasy court. It's just like a fun fantasy league that I found really? out about on Twitter the other day. So Nora wrote this amazing article about the punters and how bored they are this season. And uh, this guy responded to Nora on Twitter about how he like he wanted to thank her on behalf of their fantasy league, which, quote, focuses on punters. And so naturally, I was just completely aghast at that. Um, <laughs> and this is this is from Dev. What focuses on, on punters mean? It's so funny. <laughs> That was what I was wondering, so I asked. And so Focus Dev like kind of went in and explained, explained to me and everybody on Twitter. People love this, by the way, on Twitter. It was hilarious. Um, explained their league, which is called the Bullshit Scoring League, which is really applicable <laughs> to this league. Um, basically, it, you know, the, the idea is it's best ball, so you just draft like your league. You don't have to do waivers. You don't have to do any of this other stuff, but it's it's a standard fantasy offense. There's I, there's a couple IDP spots, um, and then there's two punters. And <laughs> basically, the punter scoring is based on everything that ESPN tracks in terms of punting, like net, um, return yardage, all that stuff. Um, you lose points for opposing team returning for touchdowns or touchbacks or whatever. Um, and based on the screenshot that Dev sent, that was like the scoring for this league. The punters are by far the most important because they're scoring literally hundreds of points every week. <laughs> Everybody else is like standard. <laughs> like you're getting like receivers are like 12 points or whatever. And these punters are scoring 270 points like Wait, in a what week. Are you? <laughs> it's absolutely Why? bonkers. It's hilarious. Wait, the net yardage, like every yard's a point? So yes. every punt you get like 60 points? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. That's incredible. Sounds amazing. And then so th and that's not even it. That's not like that's not even the best part of this league I I think. I mean it's it's great, but the best part is basically this league is like Calvin Ball. Have you ever heard of Calvin Ball from Calvin no. and Hobbes where it's basically they just make up rules and the only rule is the same rule can't be used again. It's like Oh my just, god. It's like have you ever seen uh, a True American on New Girl? Yeah, it's yeah. like it, none none of it makes any fucking sense. Basically, so Dev went on to say that the winner of the league every year gets to make up a, a whole new rule, <laughs> and so the whole league has to do it. So ex examples of past rules that they've instituted are all passing stats are negative. <laughs> every year, the week of the playoffs, they randomly shuffle the schedule. <laughs> so in other words, like you don't even know if like you beat anyone in week four. Like you have to like go back and look if you won in week four based on your new schedule. Um, <laughs> it ends up screwing someone every year. As Dev put it, it's it's such fun bullshit. So the bullshit scoring league, uh, it just sounds incredible to me. And so, yeah, anyways, I just wanted to shout that out because I mean, man, it, it the sounds idea like that you get chaos. to make a rule every year. That's so, so someone was like, I want there's two punters and every yard is a point. <laughs> that is unreal. I love that. Yeah. Holy crap. So the fantasy court judgment is that's fucking awesome. Yeah, Good that's job. that's awesome. <laughs> Cert certified sealed in approval. <laughs> yeah.
All right. Wow. Okay. I think that's all we got. Mm-hmm. Okay. So wideouts, bullshit leagues are great. Play the Rams <laughs> or literally anyone against the Seahawks. Anything I'm missing here? No, that's it. You got Denzel it. Mims is not playing this week. So unfortunately, you can't start him. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lorne. And thank, Lorne. You, for the, thank you for the people who emailed us about the Lorne. Thank you to live. Thank you, Radiohead. Thank <laughs> What? Yeah, remember you? they said name a random band? Oh, thank you, Radiohead. I like it to be the SNL. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Arcadian <laughs> Wild. We'll see you guys on Monday. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.